Welcome to Ready Layer One. It's a Web3 podcast that focuses on the Near ecosystem. And in this week's episode, we're actually uh, interviewing Oren, who is the founder of the project Question. From what I kind of get, like a a high level is sort of it's a a survey, like SurveyMonkey or Google survey type platform. uh, But it's focused around like as almost like a data marketplace, right? So you're able to, uh, companies can put together surveys and collect data. Probably people have seen these things of where you get paid to fill out a little survey. Well, this takes it and puts a ownership and privacy spin on it using crypto. Yeah, totally. And mostly uh, I really like about the whole, because, you know, I, I always rant about data farming, <laughs> you know, people's info within marketing totally. and stuff. And so at least this is like aware and gives like the option for people to get some of that value of their data that they give away or in this case, but actually like earn off of. So it's kind of like selling. I mean, people are doing it for free now all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we go into some interesting topics around that. And I think Oren's, you know, vision on this and where he sees this kind of long term, I think is uh, worth listening by itself. All right. Well, everyone, we hope you enjoyed this episode. You know, thanks for coming on. And I would love for you just to, like uh, someone new to your project. How would you describe it in kind of the elevator pitch? Um, in the shortest form, it's Google Forms or SurveyMonkey. And you get paid for your data contributions upon completing a survey. Oh, that's a great science. Yeah, <laughs> that's perfect. Sentence. Yeah. So I guess the, the next question then becomes of like, so what was the deeper part of that? So why... Why did you feel like that this was something that was needed uh, out there? So I live in New York. I graduated from NYU with a degree in marketing. When I graduated, I went into fashion and music. I put out my music, was featured in NBA 2K. And I feel like my career really went mainstream when I went on Dr. Phil, went on his hour-long TV show, and I created this cyborg character. Um, Being known for the cyborg character, I started an interview show, interviewed some adult stars, even got to interview... Neil deGrasse Tyson. And so when I started this interview show, I wanted to make people aware of these leaks that were happening, like Google Plus and TikTok. And so I asked Neil deGrasse Tyson what he thought about it. And so he really kind of went off and he was like, data is a human rights issue. You know, we need to be more aware when we're on Facebook and Instagram that we're, you know, signing away our rights, you know, for this free software. Mm. And at the end of this year, I'd been on Dr. Phil, I had interviewed Neil deGrasse Tyson, I had gotten over a quarter million followers, but I felt really empty because I realized the internet changes really fast, TikTok changes really fast, and I don't own what I had built. And so I thought, why don't I go from being a passive investor in blockchain? Because I've you know, heard about Ethereum in 2017. So I said, why don't I go from being a passive investor to kind of building a solution? And I was inspired by my talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson about data, and that was the impetus for question. Man, Very you're, cool. yeah, I mean, I, I, I rant on this podcast all the time about data and like how I, it's just like all of web two is just basically farming human data. It runs, <laughs> it runs off like the exploitation of human data. Of us. And like, I think we yeah. soft sell it. We're like, oh, you know, we just give some data away. No, no, no. You're being mined. <laughs> and in like more ways, more touch points, you're being mined. Your community around you is being mined. There's basically matrices with AI creating. Around yeah. us. All the retargeting time. us, you know, selling our data to third parties, and then they're then retargeting back to us. And it's just like this constant. And and that's kind of what I like, that was also the goal. It's like, we already have this valuable asset. Like, mm. why don't we create an interface to monetize it that like puts the consumer more in control? 
Well, yeah, and not yeah. So they mind that, and then you even spent your time to grow a following, right? So you said mm-hmm. you grew, grew a following two hundred fifty thousand on which platform? On TikTok, forty k on YouTube, fifteen k on Instagram. Boom. Uh-huh. So those audiences aren't your audience; they are the platform's audience. At any mm-hmm. point, they could be like, "Hey, bye, gone." Exactly. So that's like crazy to think about to me. Like you built, you helped, you added value to their platform, and they and you don't own it. I don't know. I I get so yeah. frustrated with that stuff. Exactly. Um, Joe, do you want to like jump in there? Like, cause uh, about the Google forms thing, that's interesting. Cause we just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think that, that pitch really resonates because probably almost everyone who's doing any kind of project work has used a Google form or something, whether they interacted with themselves or created one or whatever. Uh, we just used it for our, our hackathon, you know, mm-hmm. to have people sign up. So what makes what you're doing different? Like, how do you preserve that privacy from that? I think that this is a twofold question. So I guess I'll segue into the later part of it. So I've really enjoyed creating this business because again, I come from a marketing background and and this is marketing, right? Mm -hmm. But also there's like a lot of stuff to data, to privacy, to decentralized identities that I've just been learning about and just engrossing myself in. So I've competed in some hackathons and some accelerators to get familiarized with contextual field experience. And so I basically, we're building question, which is a survey marketplace. You can kind of see it as open sea, right? And this is where buyers, businesses, and sellers go to complete these surveys or post them. Is the part of this, though, introducing someone to crypto? Or is it saying, we're going to try to abstract that away and like we're going to leverage crypto to do this? We're trying to leverage crypto, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think crypto has a lot of really sick crypto products, but it's usually for like crypto natives. And I think that right. there's a lot of barriers to entry. And I think near as a blockchain solves a lot of that. And I think addresses that with like near names, with things like shard dogs and, and different things like that. But I think we need applications that then build on top of that and make it easy. I think most consumers don't care about the tech. So it has to kind of mm-hmm. be under the hood and it has to provide that value, but they don't even know what's driving it. And so we hope question to be the same. Yeah, I'm just thinking, so are you built on Near or on Ethereum or kind of multi using a little bit of each of them? So right now we're only built on Near, but the okay, goal good. is to be multi-chain. So what multi-chain looks like for question is that a business wants to fund a survey and they can fund it on whatever blockchain they want. And when a user earns an NFT, they can mint it on any blockchain they want. For now, it's only on Near oh, and net tokens mm-hmm. and you can only mint it on Near. But yep. in the future, you'd be able to fund on any blockchain and mint on any blockchain. Oh, that's interesting. I'm liking the... Uh... It's interesting. So it's like you, you, you have a survey, you're any, your brand a, and you need to do a marketing survey, which, you know, we've done surveys. I come from marketing as well. I'm in the marketing team. And so you, you, you go to the platform and you, you make your survey. You probably have like a, a form that I go and I can like fill out all the categories or the questions I want. Mm-hmm. Then I submit it onto your, your plat onto question. Then it yep. goes into like a, like a marketplace thing, like a database. Yeah, and, and exactly. And then people can then, you could have the link to that and send it to people that you know, to communities like, hey, you are all this age range, this group, these are your interests, will you please fill these out? Exactly. And then when people fill them out, so then now that's the other side of that is the survey filler outer, mm-hmm. which is probably a more, there's probably a better term. Re- survey respondent. Survey respondent. I mean, filler outer. <laughs> it works. <laughs> that could catch on. <laughs> survey respondent goes on, fills it out. Mm-hmm. submits it and then they get an nft or they get a token or they get just direct usdc like how does good, that good question so it's a combination so the business in terms of funding can use stripe for cash they can use blockchain for cryptocurrency 
and or an NFT. That's the options that the business has on funding. No matter what, though, we as question as the administrator will give you five of our virtual credits called the answer credit. So the company's for question and you earn the answer credit. And the answer credit can be spent in our NFT digital goods marketplace. Nice. Okay. okay so there's a little gamification to that too. I like exactly. that. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Yeah. The, the, I mean, it's really interesting to, you know, one of the things we love talking to founders and products about it, like how do you start to reimagine, you know, and not just like tack, you know, crypto onto a web two product, right. But how do you start to really rethink that? So as you start to iterate and as you start to grow, it sounds like you really have thought a lot of that through, where do you see the project kind of going long-term? Is it always just surveys or do you guys have like a lar larger vision of this? Um, good question. So I think one example is like people in surveys could lie or could be hyper-conscious of their response rate. So it would be to create some sort of browser extension that tracks your passive behavior, right? Mm -hmm. And you still can earn the answer credit at a predefined amount. You allow it for this many hours. You can earn this many answer credits and earn that. So I think creating like data infrastructure is, is the goal of what we're trying to do. And the survey marketplace is an example of that. Yeah. The upcoming wallet is an example of that and extensions. Nice. And what I like about this is you can get a lot of info of a person. They can offer to get value from it. They can also not give you their name, right? Like they can give you the wallet. You don't need a name or do you? For the so sorry, there was something going by. Yeah, so I'm still going back and forth with this right now. We need KYC, right? Because we need yeah. to make sure that people aren't money laundering or aren't some sure. sort of bad actor who's earning money and, and using these surveys as a way as a means of such so we do need kyc yeah. Yeah. i think it is very easy to integrate some sort of anonymous response rate option but for right now we're focusing on a kyc approach okay got you but you okay got you and you can kyc but then their name can be disappeared this, from like that exactly like that. okay cool interesting yeah so Kind of the thing that you kind of hit on of like, I guess, you know, obviously making sure the data is okay and the data is, is they're not, whether it's consciously or unconsciously faking answers. And mm -hmm. if you do start to integrate things like that, how do you still protect that privacy? I mean, it's still some data collection there. Mm -hmm. How are you working through that part of it? Good question. So what happens is business posts a survey and then the user completes it. And the user says, okay, there's a checkbox and there's two checkboxes. One goes to the business, right? They then do what they do with the business, with the data. One copy goes to us. Let's focus on what question does with that copy of the data. So the business might pay you in crypto, cash, or NFTs. We pay you in our virtual credit. Mm -hmm. oh. So now we get this data and we basically put it into a data clean room. And what we do is we basically anonymize this data and give it an ID so that we still know this user is connected to this set of information, but we don't have your personal information. And so partners for that would be people like LiveRamp. Um, they're, they're one of the biggest DMPs out there for that. And again, that's the reason why we're going to start fundraising again, is to be able to cover those types of costs, to be able to anonymize data, keep it there, and then allow other parties to access it in an anonymized data clean room. Yeah, like, because data is going to be tracked. Like, I have like a strong, like, I'm not saying we shouldn't, like, that, that should just disappear because it's not. I mean, that's that's the... It's, it exists, but I just think people right. should be able to get the value that a per, at least a percentage of the value that they give away that, exactly. that it is. So I, I think that's an interesting, the anonymization part that then you would sell out for other people to use. Right. Cool. 
Um, if we could just kind of pivot real quick. So you've been working with MintBase a little bit. I think you got a MintBase mm-hmm. grant. I yep. wanted to ask like what that experience has been like. Cause I'm a, mm-hmm. I, I, Joe and I are huge fans of like Nate and MintBase. Like I just like their like Same. whole philosophy. Same. <laughs> like, and so, oh, what have you been doing specifically with like the MintBase world? So MintBase is actually the reason why I'm building on Nier. Um, as an artist, I'm okay. So before NFTs were like a thing, I put some up on super rare for like, a, a joke and somebody ended up buying it for like four thousand dollars and oh. so i said wow nfts could be a thing why don't i do an official release mm-hmm. and so i talked to rareable i talked to mintable and i talked to mintbase and mintbase kind of explained to me the benefits of near why they were shifting from ethereum to near and they also were like we'll put up a budget behind your your project release we'll even give you like a metaverse world where you can celebrate the release of your music which will be released as nfts the mutant um mixtape and Mintbase really just like took me in and and from then I've been a, a near stand. And so it was that initial introduction as an artist that eventually I was like, well, now I have these relationships. I should just build on this ecosystem. And so now I'm building question after that introduction. And they had the grant program we applied. And basically, and I'm super excited that we got into the grant program. Our partnership with Mintbase is going to be business creates a survey. The user completes that survey and let's say that the reward is an NFT. So they earn the NFT and they earn the answer credit. So now you have the NFT, but it's lazy minted and it's pinned on IPFS, but it's not an actual token. Mm-hmm. When you want to mint it, we have two options. One option is directly to your near wallet and one is within our marketplace in Mintbase. And so this, this option is going to be mimicked on multiple blockchains, but Mintbase is the first and, and near is the first. And so we're super excited to be working with them so that users can access the secondary liquidity for those NFTs in Mintbase. Cool. Really interesting. You know, we're in such an interesting space in like Web3 in general with all these chains. Like I think in the next wave when more uh, less crypto native users start coming in. I, and, and by the way, do you have a better word this from a marketer to a marketer? I don't, the word normie has kind of got some negative connotation, but I think it's like, what else we like non-crypto native is like a lot. It's mouthful. I just say web two users. Just like, yeah. Right. Web yeah. two users. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I heard on a podcast here, someone's like, like, what was it? Like crypto curious. And I was like, I'm not. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I <laughs> it sounds like, like a project. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as the next group comes in, it's going to really be, I think, ease of use of things. I think that's really like near and this kind of stuff is really going to start to take off. Same. Um, and other chains might have a little bit harder time when it's like people have to do so many steps to like do something. Mm-hmm. So have you have you started looking on building the same approach on other chains yet? Or is that down the road? And have you had some one to one easy you can transfer it over or some situations where it doesn't quite work right? So overall it should be pretty simple it's like we have this like central architecture and then like these touch points and so the touch points are really what we're going to be changing and making sure that like those touch points and the apis are like responsive within our core architecture so it'll be work you know different blockchains like polkadot have different infrastructure right substrate um you know polygon um the thing is is that near's code is so unique to near that we can't really import that to different chains while if you build on like polygon binance ethereum like that's kind of pretty transitive um, but yeah, I'm, you know, I think we'll get there eventually. Um, I, I like near, I really like just how I've been here and I want to finish just like getting this out on near and engage in the community, even with the NFTs. Um, they were supposed to come out a year ago, but, uh, you know, the market and everything, we just held on to it. Yeah. This is yeah. Things. That's the thing that I think, I think web three people sometimes like web two, it has decades of infrastructure built and ease of building and experience. And mm-hmm. I think people will bring that paradigm to Web3 and they're like, why is it not done yet? It's like, 
because like Joe and I are working on a project and I was on a call yesterday with him and another dev and they're like, oh yeah, we can use this to do this contract. Like you're building the plane as it's taking off. Like the plane's not exactly. built yet. And so <laughs> exactly. I think it's going to take longer than a few months, a year. Exactly. <laughs> and that's interesting because last week or two weeks ago in New York, it was like FinTech week. And so I went to like an Amazon soft serve event. And so the guy from Amazon, I think his name is Adam. He was like a big proponent of like using existing protocols and proponents to complete your product, right? He's like, somebody else has done the work for that, right? Mm -hmm. He's like, back in the day, 10 years ago, like if you had KYC, you had to build it. Now there are 10 different providers that you can go to. And so I think crypto is so nascent that like, yeah, sometimes you have to build that initial infrastructure because there isn't like a mm -hmm. core player that we can rely on yet to, to provide that service. But that's also what I find exciting about being so early in this industry. Um, I think as a person, I'm pretty forward thinking and, and I like to take risk. And I think crypto is an interesting place to try and you know practice that. I'm, I'm with you. And a lot of people are like, we're early. I'm like, like this isn't like early, like being early to the web to MySpace. That was early. No, no. This is like yeah. early, like 1993. Exactly. <laughs> message board early. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, jump and jump on it. Sorry, I keep. Yeah, no. And it's along the same topic. I mean, I was actually going to ask, how has business development been as, as you try to pitch this and, and trying to highlight uh, what what's different about it? Is it feeling more educational at the first mm. part of business development before you actually get into that sales process? Good question for two reasons. So, one, educational. That's a partner. Remind me about that. But educational in terms of the process, yes, right? Because we talk to businesses and they say, "Do you have this?" Honestly, I as a person think that some of the best ideas come from talking to people. And so sure. the greatest turning points for question have been talking to people. So mm -hmm. originally I was thinking of question V1 was like a self-serve portal. So you log on, you create this survey and like the business just shares the link. And I was talking to like a project on near and I was trying to explain it to them. And they, they kind of basically were like, is there like, they basically had the idea of the survey marketplace. Like, is my profile one among many where I'm vying? And I said, that makes way more sense, right? Like, we can also gamify and price people's position within the survey marketplace that have priority and verify them. And that's now a whole pricing model. And so it's it's conversations that have really led to that. And so, again, another conversation led to basically this new data wallet that we're trying to build. And so it is very educational. And then I think to follow that up, our goal is also to work with educational universities, and I'm super excited about that. We've had an early conversation with NIR, which we're going to follow up on, or NYU, sorry. Um, and NIR has partnered with NYU. Yeah. And so we would want to be part of that infrastructure partner for the classes that they have that are teaching about NIR at NYU. Sure. Um, but yeah, the goal is to work with educational universities, right? There are a bunch of educational universities that are teaching about blockchain, cryptocurrency, and we can be that like homework or survey tool that reinforces the in-classroom uh, teachings. That's yeah, that's really interesting because what what I'm hearing is because you have something that is like instantly recognizable in the web two current world, right? Like everyone understands the survey form. Mm -hmm. And so it's not like, oh, here's this completely different product. And then as you start to sprinkle in these other concepts that you're doing, it does feel like it's a nice opportunity to say, Hey, by the way, why don't we show you like like why a token, you know, or like what does this mean to have this token? What does this mean about your data being on chain, things like that. Exactly. Yeah. And to give it a price, right? So mm. I think to tie it back in, when my data got leaked by uh, Google Plus, right? Uh, half a million people's data got leaked. There was a lawsuit of millions of dollars. And then we, as the people who got our information leaked, we're going to be paid out like 50 cents, right? <laughs> yeah, right. 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 Lawyers did well. <laughs> right. I, 
Exactly. Right. And so I think right. what, okay, if 50 cents is how much they think all of our data is worth per person, it's a little bit off because I have a bunch of followers, right? I have a quarter million followers here. This is this. So what is the value or the metric that's indicating what my data is worth versus everybody else in the lawsuit? And there is no metric, right? And so mm. I'm hoping that question can, can usher that in. So what we're doing is if you decide to make a survey and pay people in cash, the minimum you can pay them for a survey is 25 cents, right? So that we have that 25 cents metric of this is how much it's worth. And, you yeah. know, we have different denominations in crypto that you pay people. It's not going to be 25 cents of near. It's going to be a denomination of near one near 0.5 near 10 near. Right? right. So that way, if the price fluctuates, it's still you're getting 10 near. Right. Yeah, I, I think that that does feel like it's needed of, like you said, just some of like, how do you start to quantify what that value is? Because I would imagine, too, in certain surveys, right, like, so me as a father of kids, but a few kids and, and I'm a dog owner, if you have like a survey about, you know, kids toys or products, or about, you know, pets, things like that, I'm probably more valuable than somebody who's 25 years old, just, you know, out of school in an apartment by themselves, right? So how do you quantify that worth versus somebody else? And so exactly. th that's a really interesting marketplace to think of like, you know, your actual realized value well and you get into specialties joe like you're a software architect that's a whole different level if you if you need a survey around that those kind of things like when you get into like special niches mm -hmm. people get paid hundreds of dollars to take surveys when you start getting to that level um and that's so. the goal it's to like be that 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 software that intermediary marketplace where we can conduct that right and to get early partners in web3 that can facilitate that and then scale those web3 partnerships to web2 um yeah, I'm trying to think because one of the coolest things you, you, you're you talking about this value, like blockchain and Web3, what, one thing that it's doing that I think has it really going for it is it's unlocking value that mm -hmm. has been a little bit ambiguous in the past. And this is one of a really good example, which is data, which we know it's worth a ton. It's fueling mm -hmm. an entire Web2 ecosystem. Exactly. But no one can quantify exact numbers. And so if exactly. you, as you start parsing that down, I mean, there's just so many different places you could go. I, I I can, you know, this, that's what's cool about this project is I can start to like envision different use cases. And I guess to build off of that, like, what do I see? Like I go to the airport and they say like, how did you like this bathroom? How clean it was? How clean was it? Right. Oh. So you scan a QR code and mm -hmm. you basically complete that survey and you earn some answer and maybe some discounts from the other stores in the airport. Right. My mm -hmm. mother works for New York city parks. So she basically is a parks ranger. She goes to different parks. She says, how, how clean is it? You know, is there glass shrapnel, things like that consumers, users, people can go in the park, scan a QR code. How clean is it today? How clean is the bathroom? They can give their feedback. They can earn the answer credit and maybe some 20% discount from New York City stores or from parks. And it becomes just like data infrastructure, right? To enable people to get monetized for their data and it become a widget on websites and, and things like that. So this is a use case for yours, right? It can be the QR yeah. code and be all done on a phone. Mm -hmm. We have a mobile app. So when we release, we're going to come out with the desktop and the mobile because most people are going to be on mobile. They're going to yeah. be like, yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. QR code mobile fill out the thing. Right. Which will be interesting because then are you also thinking like QR codes could be in feeds of things and, and people could like use it as in sort of a marketing tool. Like if it's maybe a lower, a lower ask survey, right? Like, you mm -hmm. know how Twitter mm -hmm. has like polls, you could almost do in like a web three version, a survey that's a little exactly. bit more targeted to a product and we're going exactly. to get rewarded for it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that reward doesn't have to be a ton. It just has to be a little bit of something because that's. Yep. And thank nice. you. I like that. Joe, you want to jump into yeah. tech stuff? I don't know. <laughs> no, I just, I mean, I, 
you know, one of the things that also I was thinking of as you're talking about this stuff is that how do you start to then when if I come into your system and let's say I know nothing about crypto, but I take this survey and now you're presenting these options to me. Is that its own funnel for you guys? Are you thinking about like, how do I take you from like, you did the survey. Awesome. Now, now let me show you this other piece. Like I feel like that might be a challenge, right? Yes. Okay. The next thing is like an al algorithmic suggestion that will say, mm -hmm. Hey, based on, you know, your information, your data, why don't you take this survey? Right. And, mm -hmm. and the goal is to get people to keep completing surveys and to just kind of just binge and it becomes part of your daily action. Um, Part of our pay model is that per week, you'll be able to complete 21 surveys, right? That's like three per day. And mm -hmm. if you want to complete more than that, it's just a dollar per month, right? Because we're thinking from the mobile app perspective, 99 cents a month, you earn ideally, you know, at least $10, $5, maybe hundreds of dollars through question. Mm -hmm. And so I think a dollar would be nominal in comparison to the value that you get. Um, Have you looked into soulbound tokens for this yet? I have. That's kind of new, like, or newish. I have, I guess the the data wallet that we're thinking about is like kind of our way of, okay. of having that and, and having internal verification for people's data wallets that they connect to our software, if that makes sense. So like the app will have the data wallet in it. So when I use my app, the data wallet is attached. So I don't have to like connect. Exactly. Okay. And the data wallet will be really simple. Um, username, password, like, like some sort of like third-party recovery. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. So from there, though, so when think about like data ownership, because it is, you know, trying to leverage some aspects of crypto, can I retract my data at any point? So you can delete your data from our systems within a 60 day notice within the business. You can't. But yeah, that's pretty standard, I would say. OK, so so it's still kind of those, those basics of like if I put in a request, mm -hmm. things like that. Um, do you, have you guys thought about any setup where that, because it is, you know, uh, custodial, um, or non-custodial that you'd be able to actually go in and say like on my own, like just like, I no longer want to share. So I, I burn my wallet or whatever. And now my, that data is gone. Is it like that? Or is it more or less where you now have a system that you have to go into and clear out? It's kind of like MetaMask. Um, you okay. basically just have that account and you just don't authorize any more transactions from that address and, and just kind of just leave it be. And oh, the data I gotcha. that, okay. Right? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, again, that, that's a really interesting paradigm again of like where, you know, I, I've seen those survey thing. I think I'm, I'm sure I, you know, I used to kind of go through those in college, right. Of like, you know, let me go take a hundred thousand surveys and see, get, here's my $5 mm -hmm. that I earned. But all of those obviously felt very kind of icky and invasive and you never know where that was going. They were <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> For someone stole my identity, but, um, but yeah, I think like one of those things that's like, I, I could see where what you're trying to build here starts to really empower people that if you still want to go this route and you're comfortable sharing, uh, there is a, a gateway for that, right? There is something exactly. like that uh longer term which is is missing definitely missing right now and it's a way for companies to engage like their super fans right like i th I think the use case of this isn't just with like universities right it isn't just with healthcare i think it's also with like or with consumer brands right i think it's also with like artists and entertainers 
right? Artists have millions of fans and they have projects and they have cover art and they want to get feedback and they want their fans to be part of that process and they can reward them in cash or NFTs or crypto. And so I think showing some of these different use cases will also be exciting. One of the things maybe if you could just talk a little bit as we're, I mean, there's so much interesting, really good stuff here, but like as you were building and as you've gone through this process, what are some challenges that you've had over the past, you know, I think you said it's been almost a couple of years now you've been working on this. Yeah, so two, what are some yeah. of those challenges that you kind of really run into? Wow. Challenges. Um, I'm sure there's, plenty, there's, but there's new ones every easy. day. <laughs> yeah. I think I'll, I'll give like the overarching challenges. I think overall it's fun. I think mm -hmm. I like what I do. I like learning. I like making these connections because I think it has real world application and it, it makes me excited and, and invigorated. Challenges though, I think has been hiring. I think hiring as like a founder yes. is really difficult. Finding a developer that you trust, being less technical than a developer, they can take advantage of that. And so you need somebody that you trust and that really cares about the project and wants to empower your vision and add to it. And finding that and learning that was definitely a very long process. Um, figuring out the best product has also been a rigorous process because question has changed multiple times, right? Now we're talking about a survey marketplace with some data wallets, right? It, it was not that originally. And it's changed a lot also like with the law and trying to make sure that from the jump we remain compliant and that there we yeah. can't even get in trouble because you authorized that transaction for your data like we had an interface but you did it and you signed it from your wallet we didn't do it for you and the business funded a smart contract which you then claimed from we didn't manage that money yeah. right and so making sure that we have these different features to make sure that our liabilities decrease but to make sure that yeah. we're also compliant and to make sure that people are in control has been the kind of like a jigsaw puzzle of putting the pieces together and figuring out okay here we should do it like this um yeah, I would say I would say that's that's those those are like the things that come to mind. Those are really three really clear examples, and especially that like pivoting a little bit, or but not even pivoting, uh, being nimble and adapting to a, a space that's two years ago. The space was so different than it is now. The exactly. tools you had access to, like hopefully you're going to evolve and adapt to the space, and the compliancy thing. Us U.S. people totally get it. Like you got to <laughs> really like what Joe and I are always talking. Like okay, here's we can't do that. Like can't just like launch a token <laughs> and that's another thing too is sometimes working with developers like they want this completely decentralized product and i'm like the whole point of question is to be a hybrid is to be web 2.5 is to bring people from web to web yeah. 3 and i see that vision right i want that vision but it's like I, like what survived from like the last bear market to now it's the coinbase it's the binances it's like these 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 hybrid models and so i think you know we got to, you know, we got to get there slowly. Yeah. And I think there's going to be like this tiered yeah. approach to what the, what, what web three looks like to everybody. There's 8 billion, mm -hmm. there's billions of people, right? Like mm -hmm. some people are going to be like, listen, we go hardcore privacy, decentralized. You don't know who I am thief mm -hmm. in the night. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. But that's not like going to be most people. Most people mm -hmm. are going to be like six VPNs using burner wallets every time they hook on. There. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. like. I don't I like, but so I, I, I agree that I like the hybrid, especially now at this stage where we need to bring in more people. And then something else you brought up that I think is like super, super important is developers and like trusting a developer and stuff. Like I was just talking to Joe earlier today and I was like, if I didn't know Joe, I don't know what I would do. Like we wouldn't like we're partners. And so it's like, ah, oh, I know Joe's in dev and so I can like, it's all taught me a lot of stuff. So that's, that's really, that's beautiful by the way. Oh, thanks. <laughs> it's 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 just like really like oh man, 
Like the other day, he was showing me all like he we, I, we got to see each other in real life, which is rare for us mm-hmm. these days. And he showed me all the code. I was like, I, I didn't know clue. I thought it was gonna be like 50 lines of code. No, it's hundreds and hundreds. I was like, I have no <laughs> idea what this <laughs> like in my exactly. mind. I didn't know that. <laughs> so, yeah, I no, forced myself to learn that as well. Be in the GitHub repo, be in the Verso, be in the Heroku, right? Uh, be in the React, right? Like all like it's it's also made me more familiar with them, which I think is good too. Um, yeah. Also, it's as a startup important. founder, you have to be lean, and I think that like understanding like where you can cut costs and where you can, and it's not about cutting costs, but it's like understanding the scope of something can help you to understand how much you're being billed and what's appropriate. Yeah. Um, that's also helped as well, right? When you're like, you know, self-funding, going through grant funding, right? And you're about to start um, fundraising, right? Like you've got to be strategic and, um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. I mean, one thing I think, and people probably listening, I mean, if they're working on projects, uh, I, I would love you just to take a second to talk about of like when you had to pivot, like how hard of a decision was that? Because I think that's an overlooked piece. I, I, I've been in other, through other startups before, uh, I understand that challenge. Like, I mean, I, it's not an easy thing sometimes to recognize that maybe you're doing something incorrect or that's mm-hmm. not going to work mm-hmm. and then to pivot. So how did you make that move? What, what did you need to do for yourself? I'm My birthday's March 2nd. I'm a Pisces. I'm very like emotional, intuitive. And it's like sometimes like I can try it a lot of myself, but I'll know, right? Mm-hmm. So like with the survey marketplace, one of my OGs, honestly, advisors for question, his name's Eddie Young. He did the NFT hip hop heads early on in Nier. He's he's a goat. He also was one of the co-founders of the Source magazine. He kept coming at me because he was just like, man, most Web3 projects are blinded by the grant. They're blinded by the money that they get and they don't actually create a business model and they don't actually have a way to make money. And it, stu- and, and it, and it stung when he said it. He was talking about other people, but it stung when he said it about me because at this yeah. time we had the self-service version and I was like, I'm not convinced the business would pay for this. Right. And at the time I was getting a lot of grants. So it's like I thought about it. And so when I spoke to another project and they talked about the survey marketplace, I was already looking maybe for changing a more concrete business model. And so, you know, when I pivot, I usually just just really go for it. I do the math. I'm very like calculated. I'll be like, okay, like this is the way off. And it's like if it's 60, 40, I gotta go 60. Even if I feel 40, 60. Right. Yeah. Um yeah. That's great. It's certainly not easy. So uh, that's definitely commendable that you're able to recognize that and then make that change. Thank you. And so while we're sort of like coming to the end here, is there anything else you want to share with the audience or with us just about the project, maybe future stuff? I mean, you've shared so much. I mean, you you can tell you come from a marketing and you're a good speaker. Like you've really each question. I'm like, man, this is like each one of these into a clip and it would do great, which I'll do. Thank you. I would say thank you everybody for listening. Uh, Questies, our NFTs are out. There's a thousand. We've minted about 56% of the total supply. And I'm really grateful to the community for supporting us up to this point. Um, Each NFT is a digital avatar. So next week we'll be rolling out claiming. So when you mint your NFT or get on the secondary market, you can connect to our website and get the GLB file so you can wear it in the metaverse. You can wear it in NearHub, CryptoVoxel, Substrata. So it's not just an NFT, it's an avatar. We want oh, it to be cool. the early, you know, social, you know, oh. community identifications. Um, we're going to start rolling out an incentivized testnet for the survey marketplace sometime in June or July. We'll have a data wallet coming, you know, in August. And just be on the lookout for just more from question. 
you know, partnerships. I think partnerships are what's going to come next, you know, testing with some of these bigger corporations um, coming back to L'Oreal and, and these companies. And I guess we haven't really talked about it, but I also am a big proponent of patents. Mm -hmm. And I know that sometimes in crypto and Web3, you know, it's open source. And so I think like sometimes it can go against the the sharing. Um, but I've also pursued patents for a lot of these ideas as well, just so that I don't devote myself to a project for two and a half years. And then Google says, that's cool. Let's take it. And, and I have that protection from trademarks to patents to copyrights. Um, question will also be using artificial intelligence. And oh. I guess it's pretty common. I don't really think it's like, Ooh. but like, we'll be using artificial intelligence to help businesses create their survey. So a business will say, hey, I want to create a survey about ice cream, 20 questions, ChatGPT will then propagate that, and then the business can tweak that as the baseline format for their survey. Man, thank you so much for you know coming on the podcast, and uh, excited to see the congrats on the NFT drop. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. That's awesome. I appreciate Great. that. Perfect. Right, man, well, thank you so much, and uh, we will be talking to you soon. You too. Thank you, guys. Okay. Welcome to the Matrix. <laughs> Ready Layer One is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. You should not make any decision, financial investment, trading, or otherwise based on any of the information presented in this podcast without undertaking independent due diligence and consultant and consultation with a professional broker or financial advisor.